This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Somebody uh, just on the live stream was asking how much Tucker Carlson makes per year. Uh, about $10 million, just so you know. All right. It is open lines. 574 25 95 95 3. That is 25 95 95 3. You can also send a text message at 45364. Again, please put MNC at the beginning of that message. All right, to the phone lines we go. Ted, welcome to the program. I'm sorry for giving you bad news. Uh oh. What's up? Yeah. Uh, I have a friend of mine who had the cars. They are not tarot cars, they are different kind of cars. I saw it. Um, the thing is. Uh, 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 and, uh, that was on the 4th of November. She said that uh, Trump uh, has seven reds and he is a good man. But there are uh, two drums over there for the second guy that is going to win the things. The second one is Parvenus. It's P A R V E N N U. That one is in English too. So he is going to be helped by the uh, people with lots of money. And they, uh, at that time I was reading uh, uh, Lou Dobbs card, you know, and talking about American oligarchs. And, okay. But she could not understand how come you have uh, two collection over there of voting. <laughs> I say, wait a minute, you don't know, we have the electoral co- uh, college over here. So mm-hmm. he said, she said that Trump will win one, but she, uh, he will lose the other one. And the other one that will be the new president will be the Parvenus one, the Biden. Now I'm going to uh, call her back and to find out how long he will be in the office. And I will keep you informed on that one. Yeah, please do. I'd be interested yeah, to hear that. Because I'm interested well. only in two things. Uh, how that one go? And she doesn't understand neither that all over here, the Congress and the senators, and uh, the, sure. uh, nothing will, will go through unless it's approved by both houses. But anyhow, I will keep you uh, up to date with uh, this one here. Yeah, I, I would be interested in uh, in what these, these cards say for how long Biden Yeah, yeah, me be too, president. to see if she's yeah. correct or not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. might as well. Yeah, might as well log it and see what happens, sure. All right, yes, Ted, appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, take care. Okay, God bless you, and God bless your family. And bless you and your family, too. Thank you, sir. 574-25-95-95-3. That is 259-95-953. You can also send a text message to 45364. John, welcome to the program. Hey, hey Casey, this is John. Um, What's up? I just wanted to ask you what you thought about some of the house races that are still on call, where the numbers stand as far as that goes. Not too optimistic we'll take the house, but I heard that we were close. And given that scenario, mm-hmm. I wondered what you would think. I have my own opinion about what might happen if they decide to, the Republicans, I think they ought to start go hunting for some moderate Democrats. And if they could strike a deal with, say, 
a dozen or less of them, if it takes that many, they mm-hmm. might be able to put a Democrat speaker in, because I don't think the Democrats are that stupid. But if, if they could get a moderate Democrat in there and replace Pelosi, they might actually be able to get some legislation passed that the Senate would pass. And we might mm-hmm. get some things done that need to get done, because the country's in need of that. And I have an opinion about maybe somebody, I don't know what you think about, maybe somebody like Steny Hoyer, who may not have a great relationship with Pelosi, and he's been there forever, and he might enjoy the fact to be called the Speaker of the House, and he has some sway with at least some of the Democrats uh, with his long career, and if they could find maybe six or seven, you might have the you might have the makings of a majority with the Republicans. There's a, well, there's a lot there. Um, I'll tell you what. Can I answer that and just hang up on you and, and answer it off? Sure. Give you, I appreciate right, let, it. I said my sure thing. I hope we still pull it out. You have a good night. All right. All right. You too. You too. All right. So there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, there is, I believe, four, yeah, 14 undecided House races. Republicans are in the lead in 11 of them. Now, Fox News. So I was watching the conspiracy theorist um, Brian Stelter over It's Not news it's cnn and he was having an absolute conniption fit that you know a lot of conservatives and frankly a lot of people are leaving fox news and they're going to newsmax and things like that um and ironically he was he had some some lady on they were talking about how they're moving to an echo chamber and that's a threat to our democracy which is really interesting because over the years i've given you probably a half a dozen studies or so that show the the political left in the country is far more likely than any other group to not listen to the other side and to surround themselves in an echo chamber or again dare i say a safe space for their ideology in other words the political right and people in the middle are far more to uh, far more likely to seek out information from their political opponents and read it and look at it and analyze it and debate it than the political left is. The political left in the United States only looks for things that confirm their bias. That has been shown in study after study after study after study. And I'm sitting here watching the conspiracy theory cultist, the human thumb, Brian Stelter, make this outlandish claim that the right is doing that the right's not abandoning fox news because they don't think fox news is conservative the right gravitated to fox news because fox news had a diverse lineup in which conservatives were debating liberals that's how they built their their reputation that's how they cut their teeth the problem is how inaccurate and frankly, unfair Fox News's election night coverage was. Now, again, I don't blame the four people on election night coverage for that. They're going along with what the election experts were doing. Okay, the election experts are the ones that make the call. Brett Baer and Martha McCallum and Britt Hume and Juan Williams don't get to make that call, right? So they they were making the call based on what their election analytics team was doing. Their election analytics team, as I pointed out, I was watching it as I was covering the election, their math was wrong. It was really wrong. It wasn't even close, and it just didn't make any sense. So somebody just said on the live stream that Fox News just called North Carolina for Trump. That's like two or three days after everybody else did. So suddenly Fox News is cautious. It just, again, it doesn't make any sense. 
you know, they were calling Arizona before Texas, before Florida. That didn't make any sense. You know, it was it was just it was one of those things. But let's not forget early in the night, Fox News. Fox News um, messed up big time on the congressional projections. So, again, people are kind of leaving because the projections that they were making were guesses. They weren't because of the vote count. And if you can't trust somebody to give an accurate count of what is happening, and hopefully Fox News uh, learns their lesson and doesn't do this again, but if you can't trust somebody to give you accurate information, there's no sense in you watching them. And we went over having a ratings freefall right now. Um, And, you know, know, will that last? I don't know. I have no idea. we'll, We'll see. You know, we'll see. There's a good chance that some of these other networks could screw up too. You know, I, I don't believe that you should go to echo chambers. You know, if I don't I don't see anything wrong with having an echo chamber in your repertoire, but you should still seek out the other stuff. You know, nothing wrong with being on Twitter and Parlor. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> That's okay. It's actually ideal. But um Republicans are leading in eleven of the fourteen House races that have not been called yet. And a lot of the races that were called for the Democrat have flipped to the Republican. And so there's a lot of people in the media, particularly Fox, that have egg on their face about all of this. You know, what they what they end up doing with their election uh, analytics team is, is going to be critical, I think, for people um, having restored trust in Fox News because they they blew it big time. So Democrats will still hold the majority in the House of Representatives when the final votes are counted. And they've already won control of the chamber with 219 seats. But the party's numbers will be reduced from the 232 seats that they currently hold. So right now they have 219 seats. So they'll maintain control of the House of Representatives. But they've lost a lot more. We, we thought maybe election night that the Republicans gained four, maybe five House seats. Nope. We're looking at a couple of dozen now. Republicans not just didn't just overperform from what we knew on election night. They have continued to overperform. And a lot of these races, interestingly enough, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you out there who say there's no evidence of, of voter fraud or anything else, a lot of these races where the Democrats were declared the winners were flipped because of a glitch. I'm going to call it a glitch, and I'm, I'm not going to call it uh, an error or a mistake or fraud. I'm going to call it a glitch. But we have uh, at least two congressional races that I am aware of that were reversed after a glitch in a Dominion machine was uncovered. So again, is there a wider problem with those machines in other jurisdictions that would flip other races, like maybe the presidential race? If you don't think that needs to be evaluated you're probably rooting for the election to be stolen um, and or and I mean and or you're just a lunatic. I, I don't know I don't know what else to say. There is clearly issues with the Dominion system that have popped up not just in place, but in multiple states, multiple counties and in multiple races and it's affected the results and the outcomes of multiple election races. That has to be evaluated. Does it extend wider than that? Oh, no. But you'd have to be, 
again, to be prudent, you'd have to look at it as a possibility. So the Republicans are not going to win the House. But what the Republicans can do is get it really close. And that's where what the last caller was saying about, hey, let's uh, find some moderate Democrats, have some alliances. Um, what I find interesting about his his statement with uh, maybe get a moderate uh, Speaker of the House. You have to understand, uh, Pelosi is considered the moderate. I know that you don't because she's not an actual moderate, but she's considered a moderate within her own party. So some of her allies on the air quote moderate wing of the Democratic Party in the House of Representatives, they want another candidate against her who is a moderate candidate because they believe that the AOC wing, the radical wing of the party, are going to run somebody against her and they're going to blame her for the losses. And we have already seen moderates and hardcore leftists in the Democratic Party blame Pelosi for those losses. And I've, you know, Schumer, again, this is like one of those definitions of insanity. Schumer goes out there and he goes, we have a tremendous mandate. The Democrats got their butts kicked all across the country. In every race except POTUS which is also feeding into the theory that there's some shenanigans happening here. So there are moderate Democrats who are looking for an alternative to Pelosi, but only because they're worried about a more radical alternative from the AOC wing. And can Republicans get in on that? I don't think so, but we'll, you know, we'll see. But Republicans are just a heck of a lot closer. House of Representatives is going to get real interesting when it comes to whipping up votes. It's certainly we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Live in the Rose Garden, we're going to head over to Washington, D.C. and listen to what the president had to say. Unfortunate mistake that they made when they said that. We will work to secure an emergency use authorization, which should be coming down extremely soon. And my administration will then coordinate the distribution of the vaccine, and uh, it will be approved. I think, again, it will be approved very, very quickly, we hope. The average development timeline for the vaccine, including clinical tests and manufacturing, can take 8 to 12 years. Through Operation Warp Speed, we're doing it in less than one year. Uh, if you had a different administration with different people, what we've done would have taken, in my opinion, three, four, five years, and it would have been in the FDA forever. This is five times faster than the fastest prior vaccine development in history. Five times faster. Say it again, five times faster. Nobody can believe it, actually. Three other vaccines are also in the final stages of trial. They'll arrive within a few weeks, and they will also be mass-produced, and the delivery will be very rapid. We're ready to go. The vaccine will be distributed to frontline workers, the elderly, and high-risk Americans immediately. It will be very uh, a matter of weeks. Get out very, very much ahead of schedule. Any schedule that I said we're going to be far ahead of that. We know that this virus primarily targets older populations and those with underlying health conditions, while over 99.98% of those under the age of 50 make a full and quick recovery. By giving the vaccine to high-risk individuals right away, we'll dramatically reduce hospitalizations and deaths. 
case levels are high, but a lot of the case levels are high because of the fact that uh, we have the best testing program anywhere in the world. We've developed the most and the best tests, and we test far more than any other country, so it shows, obviously, uh, more cases. By vaccinating the elderly and the high risk, we will effectively end this phase of the pandemic and allow seniors to reclaim their golden years, the golden years of their lives, which is so incredible. And it's about time that they can have those golden years. Again, this process is starting right away. Millions of doses will soon be going out the door. They're all ready, waiting for that final approval. As soon as April, the vaccine will be available to the entire general population, with the exception of places like New York State, where, for political reasons, the governor uh, decided to say, and you know, I don't think it's good politically. I think it's very bad from a health standpoint. But uh, he wants to take his time with the vaccine. He doesn't trust where the vaccine's coming from. These are coming from the greatest uh, companies anywhere in the world, greatest labs in the world. But he doesn't trust the fact that it's this White House, this administration. So we won't be delivering it to New York until we have authorization to do so. And that pains me to say that this is a very successful, amazing vaccine at 90 percent and more. But uh, so the governor, Governor Cuomo, will have to let us know when he's ready for it. Otherwise, we, we, can't, we can't be delivering it to a state that won't be giving it to its people immediately. And I know many, I know the people of New York very well. I know they want it. So the governor will let us know when he's ready. He's had some very bad uh, editorials recently about this, this statement and what's happened with respect to nursing homes and his handling of nursing homes. And I hope he doesn't handle this as badly as he's handled the nursing homes. But we're ready to provide it as soon as they let us know that they'll actually use it. And again, it's a very safe and, and a great vaccine. Already we have among the lowest case fatality rates our country anywhere in the world, the entire world. And we've performed significantly better than our peer countries. As far as therapeutics are concerned, my administration's also made critical investments in therapies that have helped reduce the mortality rate by 85 percent. That's, to me, one of the most exciting things. It's incredible, some of the antibody vaccines and others that have come out and have really helped people. 85%. Last month, the FDA approved remdesivir, and we've secured enough remdesivir to treat 850,000 patients. My administration finalized an agreement with Eli Lilly to purchase the first doses of their antibody therapy, which shows amazing results. This treatment will be available completely free of cost to patients. 5,000 units have already been shipped and many more going out the door as we speak. We also reached an agreement with AstraZeneca for the large-scale manufacturing of their antibody treatment, which is excellent. We expect to issue emergency use authorizations for a number of additional treatments in the near future. Tremendous promise. But remember the 85 percent number. That's an incredible, incredible number. But we have some tremendously promising drugs online and ready to come out. We have ensured that our frontline workers have all the tools they need. My administration's invoked the Defense Production Act and related authorities over 100 times and have made a historic investment into our industrial base. All states that requested PPE from the federal government have received the PPE almost immediately upon request. 
Every American who needed a ventilator has had access to a ventilator. Think of that. Very complicated piece of equipment, very expensive. And we haven't had one person in this whole country that has requested or needed a ventilator that hasn't had it. Every single request has been immediately filled. So that was something that was a great job. And now we're helping the rest of the world with ventilators because it's a very hard thing. We're producing them thousands of thousands of ventilators a month. The federal government is 22,000 beds immediately available for states and jurisdictions that need additional capacity. But we think that it's going to start going down possibly uh, very quickly. We'll see what happens. But with the vaccine, it'll, you'll see numbers uh, going down uh, within a matter of months, and they'll go down very rapidly as we continue to combat let's, the let's virus. Let's go ahead and end it. So the press conference again happening with the president right now. Sorry, a couple of technical issues. I think it was on my end uh, here at the House. Uh, so the president taking a really nice dig at Governor Cuomo in New York. He's like, we'll be distributing the vaccine everywhere except for New York, where the governor and Governor Cuomo did say this, where the governor doesn't want it, wants to take his time. So we can't deliver it to a place that won't distribute it to the citizens. So uh, when he makes up his mind that he wants the vaccine, then we'll get it to New York. But until then, it's you're going to have to do, deal without and because we're not going to waste vaccines on uh, on somebody who is just going to hold them there like a. I mean, he didn't say this, but that's that's what you see happen in uh, areas of the world where you have warlords. These supplies are delivered by the international community for aid, and then the warlords hoard them and hold on to them, which is <laughs> he kind of made that that um, that comparison there with Cuomo. And Cuomo did say all of that. So, I mean, the president was dead on correct on that. But he's giving you an update on Operation Warp Speed. And as we pointed out, you know, Operation Warp Speed has been a warp speed process. He removed a bunch of regulations to allow for the development and testing and approval of a vaccine in record time. So you're able to get these these rapid approvals based on the normal standard of testing that used to take a long period of time to get approved. So president offering those updates uh, just now in the Rose Garden. More open lines coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Tuning in, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. It is open lines. Feel free to call about anything you want. 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. You know, something I really haven't discussed yet this uh, this week, but, you know, Biden's incoming COVID team, they don't believe that Americans should get the virus first. They believe that there should be um, some of the vaccine held back for Americans, and then the, the vaccine should be distributed, you know, globally, uh, which obviously reduces supply here. And I was kind of wondering how many of you feel about that. If we are uh, looking at a, a situation where Americans might be left vulnerable because of the vaccine that we developed isn't here, um, you know, and obviously the deal that was struck with Pfizer, you know, with funding also coming from Germany uh, over there, that they have... You know, they have a bit of a different structure than some of these other places where all of the funding and everything came from the United States uh, for the virus. So, again, I'm just kind of curious as to what many of you think of that, knowing that the incoming uh, incoming uh, covid guy had honcho. Uh, so Ezekiel Emanuel, I believe, is is saying that he, he doesn't believe that we should uh, we should have uh, the vaccine, um, you know, 
stay here in the United States. And I'm not, nobody wanted it just for us to have it. Nobody was ever suggesting that. But that there was going to be of that initial supply, a limited amount that was kept, and then the rest were distributed out. And, and see how many of you feel about that, I guess. Um, also, Arizona. A lot of people are asking me about Arizona. So a few things have happened in Arizona today. And as I've told you um, earlier and, and you know previously, the the president has a better shot, depending on how these legal things play out, than a lot of people want to give him credit for. But it's still not a pill battle. You have to identify a specific ballots to have thrown out. And that's not always an easy thing to do. Um, and Arizona is has been the key to all of this. And there is rumors that the president is planning his exit from the White House and that he's even considering a potential 2024 run. Uh, so I, I don't know. You know, we'll we'll see. I have had the belief for a couple of years now that when he leaves, he's going to start his own media company. And there's a lot of rumor that hit the wire yesterday. We've talked about it for the past couple of weeks, but it hit the wire yesterday that he was organizing that. Now, Team Trump, they have television shows, production, podcasts, radio shows. They have all of that. So he could hit the ground running if he uh, if if he is going to end up conceding on this. He's not conceding yet, but it looks like he's starting to move in that direction that he will hit the ground running as some kind of a media uh, media company or something of that nature. And if that happens, he may not want to run in 2024. I mean, who knows? Uh, and there might be a lot of people that don't want him to be the nominee for the Republican Party in 2024. We have to see how that all shakes out. But if nothing else, I mean, if he were to consider it, he would have four years to build a case against Biden. And let's be honest, Biden is going to give you, I'm already starting a project uh, for Biden if he gets in, and I've already started adding some things to it. He's going to give you plenty of things to complain about because he's he's Biden. Let's be honest. Uh, but the Arizona GOP. Well, OK, let me just start off with this story. Let me just start off here. OK, um, Arizona is being called for Biden. OK, uh, by multiple media outlets again. And Trump is down 11,000 votes, 11,400 votes. All right. In Arizona. So they're declaring Biden the winner in Arizona. Trump says that he'll win on a re, uh, not a recount, but an audit. So he's, you know, he's optimistic that he'll win on an audit. We'll see. All right. It's, you know, you're going to do a lot of political blustering at this point. So Arizona, he is down in Arizona and Arizona was kind of the key. I mean, he needed Arizona. If he doesn't get Arizona, then, you know, Pennsylvania and Georgia don't ultimately matter unless you can flip Wisconsin which he can, and Wisconsin will be, there will be a recount there. There's no reason for him to concede until all the recounts and audits and canvases are done, period. That's, that's all there is to it. As I've said before, Joe Biden factually, legally, constitutionally is not the president-elect. He's the presumptive winner. That hasn't changed. Anybody who says he's the president-elect is misapplying that moniker, period. So, and that includes all the media outlets and everybody else, okay? Because now I'm going to get a bunch of text messages. Well, I heard this on, on your station, too. It doesn't matter. The legal constitutional term for Biden right now is the presumptive winner. He is not the president-elect. Legally speaking, that has not happened. So Biden has been declared the winner in Arizona. Uh, several media outlets, including CNN, New York Times, have called Arizona for Joe Biden, who leaves President Trump by roughly 11,400 votes. Although the president has expressed confidence that he will emerge as the victor if an audit is conducted. All right, so there's that. Um, then you have 
Uh, Trump campaign has dropped an effort seeking review of Arizona ballots. So they've dropped their lawsuit in Arizona today. By the way, there was one of these ballot observers who made claims of of fraud who ended up being um, affiliated with Team Trump. And he's he's not directly affiliated, but he's indirectly affiliated. And you know what? That's a conflict of interest. That's all there is to it. Uh, it was discovered. It never should have happened. It never should have been something that was acceptable, but it got discovered. So they're dropping the lawsuit. Now, that doesn't mean that he's giving up on the state of Arizona. They're waiting to see if an audit ends up happening there. Okay. Now, there's other, there's other things that are happening in Arizona that involve the GOP. So, in, for example, the GOP has filed a lawsuit, the GOP, not the Trump campaign, the GOP has filed a lawsuit demanding a hand count audit of votes by precinct rather than voting centers. They want it in precinct. This still would benefit Trump potentially if this thing goes forward. So the Arizona Republican Party has filed a lawsuit demanding a hand recount of votes by precinct rather than voting centers, contending that Maricopa County is not following state law, which has been the accusation here for some time. So if that audit happens, Trump thinks that he'll win the audit and that he'll win the state of Arizona. So they're dropping the lawsuit for now because the GOP is taking over a different lawsuit because they're changing the way that they want the votes counted. Um, it's seen as a way of conceding Arizona, but that's not entirely accurate. Uh, Joe, I have to break here, correct? All right, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Um, Joe, could you let the callers know we're going to hold them over until the 5 o'clock hour? Uh, now that we've got Amy Drake from Unmasked Tyranny on, I don't want to rush it, and we're not going to have a lot of time. Um, so here's here's the thing. A couple of people sent me text messages. They just joined. Are you saying that Trump is conceding? I walked in late to the conversation. No. But there are rumors that he is planning a potential exit, just in case this doesn't pan out his way, which you would expect him to do. So Arizona, there are articles that are being written that's, that are saying that Trump is dropping his lawsuit in Arizona. He's basically conceding Arizona. He's not. The state GOP is changing the way that they want the ballots counted because they're saying that some counties, including Maricopa, are not following the law. So they're changing the way that those votes are being counted. So the Trump team canceled their lawsuit demanding recounts a certain way. So now they're... They're just changing the way that it is happening, and the GOP is taking over in the state of Arizona as opposed to the Trump campaign. Trump says that he's optimistic that he can win with an audit of these votes, and again, they are, they're looking at um, doing an audit, which is a hand count by precinct, not voting center. So that's that's the change that the Arizona Republican Party is doing. So, no, he is not conceding, but there are rumors that he is planning his exit. But again, the rumors are rumors. OK, um, also because of media pressure, allegedly Trump's lawyers, some of Trump's lawyers in Pennsylvania have quit the uh, the recount effort there. So they are um, I, I, the secretary of state in Pennsylvania is refusing to do a recount right at this point. So the lawsuits that are in place in Michigan and Wisconsin and Arizona and Nevada, they're all still in place. So keep in mind that, you know, it's it's not over. As I've said, it's still, you know, there's it's potential to flip over and he could still be the president. But he does have an uphill battle 
And it's important that everybody kind of keep that in perspective. But it is certainly possible. So it's a legal change that is happening in Arizona. He has not conceded Arizona. He's down by 11,000 votes in Arizona. Uh, so a bunch of media outlets called it for uh, for Biden today. But again, they, they always expected there was going to be some kind of a, a, an audit or a recount to happen in Arizona. It's just they're shifting the legal strategy and how that's being conducted. That's all that's happening in Arizona. Um, Pennsylvania cases and everything else are still going forward. I haven't heard about any changes on any of those. So we're a little bit of a different position than we were on Monday, but still essentially in a holding pattern until some of these results can actually be finalized and certified. Uh, but that has not happened as of yet. Recounts in Wisconsin still going to go forward, still looking at the lawsuits in Nevada and Michigan, uh, Pennsylvania, and in Georgia. Uh, there's a Georgia recount also that has happened. Uh, again, we'll talk with Amy Drake from Unmasked Tyranny about the latest developments for the mask mandate in St. Joseph County. All of that coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel.